Nice. Anything else on buffer? Buffers. Awesome. Hello and welcome to Two Scrums Up, where we share our successes and missteps practicing Scrum in an agency environment. While what works for us might not work for everyone, but we hope it sparks some ideas no matter how long or short you've been using Scrum. I'm Ken Medley, and joined with me today is Mr. John Ragazine. Yes, thank you, Ken, very much. And hello, everyone. Uh, today, we wanted to discuss a... Not contentious, but definitely like a kind of like uh, confusing idea for some. And that is having uh, in your sprint a buffer, um, a buffer ticket. Ken, can you explain to everyone what a buffer is? Yeah, a buffer is simply just room for interruptions. They happen every single sprint. Something happens. Somebody gets sick. Requirements change. Something happens, and we just want to plan for it. That's all. One of the things that I really like about uh, using Scrum is that Scrum is not claiming to predict the future at all. Um, you know, with a longer, more robust sort of waterfall mentality, you would plan, you know, months or maybe even like a year and a half in advance, you know, what your schedule would be. And you'd be pretty locked into it. Um, if something slipped, then everything slipped. And so you you had like a single point of failure for the entire project. You know, with, with, with a buffer, it gives you a lot more flexibility to plan for those unknown things because those are will invariably happen. I can't, I think... Running Scrum at scale at Alley, I have not used a buffer at all, um, meaning I haven't debited from my buffer ticket in one sprint outside of hundreds of sprints that uh, I've been running one week sprints. Yeah, for sure. Same, same here. Uh, like I said, you know, a buffer is just there for life. Life happens. Every th every sprint gets interrupted in some form or fashion, right? So I think it'd be cool if this if this episode, John, if we could dive into uh, how do we start using a buffer if we're not already? How do we figure out how much to plan for? And then what do we do if we run out of buffer? Yeah, for sure. So um, just the mechanics of it. Uh, so every week at planning with the team, I have a buffer ticket in place. And that's just uh, points that we're setting aside to handle something, you know, um, whether it's a, a, a client urgent need like something's happening on the live site, we can't be like, "Oh, sorry, we didn't know about that at planning." So, um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna tackle that or whatever. It's but, not very not very agile, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's kind of the opposite of it. So, um, I mean, getting started, I think it might be it might be cool to walk into it from the other way. Like, how do you figure out what a buffer should be? Um, so, once you start having a buffer, and you're running it in your sprints, you just keep track manually. I have it in a spreadsheet every time. Uh, something happens that has to come into the sprint that's an urgent need, meaning uh, it's not capacity. It's not that the team has more time because we move through everything so quickly. It's like we have to stop doing what we plan to do, and we have to do this instead on top of what we're also planning to do. Um, you know, I keep track of all those, the, the amount of story points that those add up to. You know, and it might be five story points. It might be 25 story points. I've had those those ranges. Uh, but basically, you keep track of it every sprint. And um, what you do is you use it 
you know, to figure out uh, the yesterday's weather of buffers, basically. Um, so I just keep track of this week over week. And basically, I look at the most three recent sprints. Um, yesterday's weather mentality, the most three recent sprints, mm -hmm. and I find the mathematical average of those three. So if I have, you know, uh, three weeks ago, we had 10 points of buffer, then we had five points of buffer, then we had 10 points of buffer. You know, that's 25 added together divided by three. It's like eight point something. So I'll just do an eight point buffer and that should cover us. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it's right. going to get close. Right. Right. It gets you, gets you in the ballpark, right? Yeah, that's that's the whole idea. Sort of like, well, we want to plan for something, you know. But um, so that's how you figure it out. But how do you get started? Like, Ken, when you first started using a buffer, if you can remember, you know, that far back, how did where did you start from when you don't have that previous data uh, of pr uh, past interrupts to lean on? Yeah. So when when I started here at Alley, you know, it's a great example. Like the team I, I came into, we were a brand new team. I, I think the team had run like one or two sprints, you know. Huh. I didn't realize that it, you all were that fresh when you started. That's that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So we had like zero uh, info <laughs> to go on. Well, there was no yesterday's weather, really. So uh, in that in that time, we just kind of took an average of our tickets, right? We saw, well, we have some five-pointers, some three-pointers, and some eight-pointers. Uh, I don't know. Let's just start with five. Let's see if that... Let's start with a five-point buffer. Let's see if that's enough. Uh, if it works, great. Uh, if not, then we can adjust. The The whole idea there was just start with something. You know, we if technically, I guess, if you used yesterday's weather, you'd say, well, we didn't have a buffer, therefore we don't need one. You yeah, know? you just start tracking it with nothing, <laughs> nothing being debited, you know? Right. But the problem with that, though, as we were, you know, moving through our sprints, things happen, right? So... All of a sudden, a client would, you know, change the requirements of a ticket. Like, hey, I know you guys are in progress on this thing, um, but do you think we could add this thing or that thing? We're like, yeah, sure. That only changes it. You know, it was a three pointer. Now it would be a five pointer. Well, where did those two? Where did those two points come from? You know, uh, if we didn't have a buffer, like, to pull it from, well, then what? Or you know, there was time. You know, whether we accidentally create a bug or a third party releases something and it creates a bug and now we have to stop and, and jump on to you know bug fixes well, where does that come from like if you have no buffer like it's just extra work that needs to happen for folks who aren't using a buffer say so just start with something just pick a number you know yeah. and just a reasonable number and just just start tracking it and see see where you land right exactly so you know if our if our you know our yesterday's weather for completed points in a sprint said like, okay, you probably can do about a hundred points a sprint. Um, and we want to start using a buffer. We would, uh, I, what I, what I would recommend is you make an actual buffer ticket, um, give it 10 story points. And then therefore everything else you pull in at planning should be about 90 instead of about a hundred. Um, and what it does right. is it makes sure you're not like completely packed to the gills. You know, if you think about mm -hmm. like going on vacation, you know, have you ever gone on vacation and you're like, I want to travel light, so I'm going to have like a small suitcase and it fits everything perfectly and I'll have no problems whatsoever. And then on vacation, you get souvenirs. How are you going to get those home right. unless you, you have space in your luggage? So this is sort of like right. leaving that space in the luggage for the, I don't know, snow globe or t-shirt or whatever that you're going to buy when you're out on vacation. So 
So Ken, it, can you can you explain sort of like the mechanics of how you actually utilize like that ten point buffer ticket in the example that we used previously? What would you what what could happen, and how would you handle that from a a mathematical and sort of like structural over the sprint perspective? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'll give you a real life example. This happened a couple sprints ago. Someone on my team reaches out via Slack and says, "Hey, I'm I have this impediment." my local dev environment is all messed up and I need to stop. I mean, I'm dead in my tracks here with, you know, with moving forward. So I need to fix this thing, go in, rebuild all this kind of stuff. Right. And it, it took a couple hours for, for us to get, get his dev local dev environment set back up so he could start developing and moving forward on tickets again. Well, obviously that that's lost time. So what do we do? I go to the buffer ticket and I subtract two points from it, and I create a new ticket of fix local dev environment issues for team member, you know, and we put those two points on that ticket. And then that ticket is now resolved once we've fixed the issue and it's moved on. So we're just debiting from our buffer ticket into new tickets that have shown up into our sprint. Um, just so there, everything's tracked, there's transparency, we know where those two points went, and I'll even update our buffer ticket uh, when I pull whatever amount of points off of it, I'll even in the ticket description or in a comment, write, you know, removing 1.4, removing 2.4, you know, whatever. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. I use the same, I do the same thing, but I do it in, in comments, you know, whatever. You're keeping track of it somewhere. But I'm like, yeah, like minus two points for, you know, ABC123 or whatever the ticket, the ticket ID is. And that's a great example. It's sort of like you couldn't have foreseen. I mean, sometimes dev environments like, just stop working. Right. <laughs> like it's one of those awful things that occurs. But, you know, another example is, you know, say you're working with a client and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know, this thing that I thought wasn't that important when we last talked, the, you know, senior vice president of whatever now has noticed this and we have to kind of get it resolved quickly. You know, and I'll have a conversation. I'll be like, okay, you know, we're working in one week sprint. So can we start this next week or does it really have to be like right now? And they're like, it's right now. We have to really, you know, hit this hard. Um, so at that point, I have two choices. One, I can see if I can swap out work, meaning like, okay, that thing that's really important now is three points. Here's this other thing that you thought was important when we last spoke, and that's about three points or two or five or whatever. Can we swap them and like just, you know, not do whatever? And a lot of times clients are super reasonable and they're like, yeah, totally. Just swap it. We'll do, get to that other one next week. But sometimes you don't have that luxury. Yeah. When the senior VP of something is asking, you know, and it's just non-negotiable. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, yeah, like the, the heat is on. <laughs> it's on the street as it were. So like, so yeah. So in that instance, I'm like, okay, so we will buffer it in. No problem. And I don't have to like really think about it. We have that buffer and it's not a difficult conversation. Right. Um, and it's not going to derail the overall productivity of the team because we we know like oh we accomplished this many points per sprint we probably can get that done again it's just a new thing that we're bringing in um and you kind of debit it out like and, and write it out in jira like we talked about yeah here here's one that just made me think like so a couple weeks ago one of our team members you know obviously at alley we're a fully distributed company however uh s some of us do work in co-working spaces and when the whole stay-at-home order kind of thing went down, um, in some cities it happened pretty quick. So we had a team member who was like, hey, uh, I have to, you know, quarantine starting tomorrow. Well, obviously, um, all of the majority of this person's work stuff, monitor, keyboard, mouse, and stuff, was at his co-working space. 
So we created a, a one-point ticket for him to uh, go pick up all of that stuff. You know, Sure, you can work from your laptop, but when it's indefinite, we don't know how long you're going to be without your monitor, without your keyboard, those kind of things. Like, So we buffered that in. We created a ticket, go get your monitor, go get your keyboard, that kind of thing, and we pulled it from the buffer. Um, just because, you know, that was lost time where, where you know, we, we had to adjust. Yeah, you know, you kind of have two choices with that kind of a situation. You know, the the person could have been like, hey, I'm not going to be available, but I'm still going to make up the time and, you know, extend my work day. Um, but depending upon, you know, where you live, <laughs> especially during quarantine, it could be a real pain in the butt to get out and get that stuff and get back. So taking like a one point ticket take, takes the effort off, takes the edge off and makes them may, maybe feel better, you know, from a uh, psychological standpoint. That That's be of benefit, too. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so, so that's how we interact with the buffer. Um, and that sounds great when there's buffer, you know, available. Uh, but as it goes, you start using the buffer and slowly it winnows its way down and it goes down, down, down to zero. Um, what do you do when that happens? I call it breaking the buffer. So when the buffer breaks, Ken, what do you do? Well, you sort of hit it on this earlier, um, you know, with clients asking, Hey, what do, can we pull in this thing? Can we pull in this thing? And we're like, yeah, we could buffer that in. But like you said, when when we're when we're out of buffer, we have to say no. We got to protect the team. Or at that point, we need to start talking about priority. You know, we are out of buffer. We don't have the room left uh, in the sprint to do that. But we estimate the thing that you want to pull in is a three point ticket. There's this other three point ticket here. Is this higher priority or you know lower priority? And we can maybe swap something in and out. But at that point, you can't over overcommit the team, right? And it's nice when you can like have those kinds of conversations, but you know, um, that's not the world that I <laughs> that, that I, I get to live in all the time. And you know, sometimes when the buffer breaks, it's like an internal conversation that I'll have with the team, being like, "Hey, buffer's almost gone, so be real mindful of that." You know, if uh, you hear something or something kind of shakes out, but sometimes we don't have a choice. Uh, we were launching a site maybe a couple months ago. Um, and we knew there would be a lot of like handholding and a lot of sort of like touch points for it. Sometimes a launch is great. Sometimes you have a, a staging environment that you just change the DNS on and all of a sudden like that staging environment becomes the live site. It's really like, yeah, exactly. The, a launch great. with yeah. a push of a button um, the way that it was meant to be. Um, but, you know, often we're like when we're when we're doing like a new version of a website and it's an existing site still that we're still supporting, too. Um, we have to have a, a, a V2 branch, a feature branch in our repository, and we're kind of working through it that way. Um, and the problem is that, like, we have to then ship code to launch. And then after code ships and is in production, we need to quickly do manual things. Um, you know, for example... Not everything like when you when you push code from staging to production, you often don't push content. So any new content would have to be staged. Um, menus might have to be rebuilt if they're manual menus that were created. All those things. Mm -hmm. anyway, the long and the short of it is like our buffer was like ten, and we ended up having twenty five points of effort pulled in, and it was a very difficult sprint for the team. And it's sort of like you have to be flexible with that, but you have to also be mindful. Like if I, if, if at the end of that sprint. When I was like, hey, we didn't finish everything we committed to, but we did all this extra work. So that's like a, still a victory because we did the right thing. The client needed us to deliver that value of like supporting their launch. And so we did that, you know, and and it, it made our buffer go way up. 
um, mathematically speaking, you know, like all of a sudden it was like a, a 20 point buffer at planning, which is a huge, a huge thing that eating into it. But sometimes you don't have the choice to, to, with your buffer and you have to break it, but you want to do that really consciously and you want to treat it as like a true emergency. So John, I have a question for you. Let's say my, our sprints are Wednesday to Wednesday. So let's say it's Tuesday and all of my work is done. We're finishing the sprint early. And I'm like, man, this is great. Like I've got, I've got, you know, some extra, extra time here. And I start getting ahead on some work in the next sprint or, you know, I pull tickets in. Do I subtract that from the buffer? Uh, no. No. So the buffer is for interrupts, right? It's for things you can't control. In the scenario that you laid out, you're like, hey, we killed it. Like everything went super perfect this sprint. And now we can start on the next sprint with with, with new work or like pull in work to this current sprint that I know I can, I can bust out in a couple hours. What is that called? Is that buffer? And no, it's not buffer. It's capacity. So buffer versus capacity, yeah, is like really important to note because buffer and you're debiting those things because those are things that you – are kind of up against the wall on and you haven't yet cleared the sprint of previously committed to tasks. Um, that's where you want to be debiting to make sure that you have that sort of life insurance for the future sprints. But yeah, capacity is just like, I love it when there's capacity. Like you just made like a big smile on my face just for being like, Hey, I finished everything and now yeah, I'm going to do great, more right? work. <laughs> I'm like, that's not buffer. That's wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. There's, there's a difference between extra capacity, newly found capacity in your sprint versus buffer. And I've heard a lot of folks call it interrupt buffer. I, I, I even think Scrum Inc. even refers to it as an interrupt pattern. You know, they don't even say it's a buffer. It's just, just there for interrupt. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. If, if all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I think I got some extra capacity. Like, well, let's pull it from the buffer because now we don't have – no. No, it's just extra capacity. And that's a, that's a great place to be. But I think sometimes folks are afraid to, to admit to extra capacity because they're like, uh Oh, that's going to change our yesterday's weather. And now that's expected. And, you know, so let's just use my extra capacity as a buffer. Like, no, this is good. We should celebrate it. Yeah, totally. Now that capacity should come, you know, could not come at the detriment of the, the full team. Like if, if you have finished the of things course. that you said you would take care of, but some other team members haven't started work on, in the sprint yet because they've been so busy or slammed, you know, you should go there first, right? Before you tap into capacity, but you're right. It's a totally, uh, a, a positive, a positive thing. I remember going through scrum master training way back when, um, and so often, you know, the stuff is like, it's academic, but it's great. And it like grounds you in a lot of ways and helps make decisions in real life. Um, but one thing that was really affecting, uh, affected me during training was just a visual and it was a visual of sprint backlogs. So it's like the active sprint, the work going on and they had it set up. It was super basic, but it had like all the work and then it had like another, uh, swim lane, like a horizontal, you know, row. And it was called like the interrupts and it had like all this stuff in it, all these dots. And the question was like, Hey, what happened? Why didn't this team succeed? And I was like, Oh, I get it. They had all those interrupts and I can see them. So that's making work visible. That's making the interrupts visible. How do you on your team can make the buffer visible for everyone so that everyone knows kind of what's going on? Yeah. 
you've hinted on this earlier, and we do the same thing. We just have a, a buffer ticket uh, in our sprint that's right there on our sprint board. Everybody can see it. Everybody sees how many points are left in it. And once we debit something from it, you know, we leave comments in the tickets, create new tickets. So, you know, whatever that interrupt is now has its own ticket on the board that we are tracking as well. For us, um, we have found that it has worked well as just a ticket in our sprint and at our daily standups when we're reviewing the board, we, we talk about this, how much buffer we have left in the sprint. Uh, I know some teams here at Alley have given it its own swim lane like you have talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we do. That's what that's what works for our team, but like I said, each team is different. So I would, you know, encourage everybody listening, figure out what works for your team, talk about it, make it visible, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we do that thing where I have a swim lane and it's it's this mm-hmm. is boring Jira stuff, but it's sort of like if the label equals buffer, then put it in this swim lane. And so then that's the first thing that we see is all the stuff up top. Um, cause that was really, like I said, when I did that, when I did that, uh, training, I really liked that to have it like visible That's the very top. So this is like the important thing. So like when it comes in, it's unassigned. People are like, oh gosh, this is like quote unquote more important than the stuff further down, which is the rest of our tickets. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but interestingly, I used to also, uh, plot, plot it, uh, in the manual burndowns that I would create, I had to have like the buffer and like, here's the buffer we start with and here's the buffer we have left. And this is how much buffer we debited and blah, blah, blah. And like, it was really interesting to me. I was like, I liked having this visual. And so I, yeah. I put it all in there. Um, and then I asked the team after like months and months of doing this and like iterating on it and changing. I was like, Hey team, what do you care about seeing in like our daily burndown uh, report, the visual, the burndown chart? And no one cared about how much buffer was left. Like they wanted to know it, but they didn't want to see it in that chart. So I stopped doing it and it made my charting like way simpler to do overall. But I was really surprised because I thought the team cared and they didn't. So yeah, ask, asking your team what they need to know about the buffer is, is it can surprise you. Right. Don't ignore it. The buffer, you know, if some folks are like, you know, like your team is a great example of that. They're not saying they don't want to know. It's like, I just don't need to see it represented in the, in the chart or whatever. But yeah, talk, talk to your team about it. Yeah. Make it, make it visible. Thank you so much for joining us today. Two Scrums Up is hosted by me, Ken Medley, an Agile Process Leader at Alley, as well as the Director of Agile Process, John Ragazine. Our theme music is by the very talented Chris Montgomery, and our logo is by the equally very talented Kelsey Lakotis. Two Scrums Up is a podcast by Alley. Learn more at alley.co. And John, before we all say goodbye and leave for the day, what is the Fibonacci number? I was checking this uh, before and doing all my calculations, and it turns out you're not going to believe this. The Fibonacci number of the day is 34. have a buffer you're not going to be able to bring home your snow globes plural snow globes